This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, saving your day from boredom with the best podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky or Rick Widmer for this one, joined for the first time ever here on Most Valuable Podcast, Johnny Carlick. I am Johnny Carlick. I am new to the Most Valuable Podcast team. But you are now on the Most Valuable Podcast team, yes, which is the most important part. The most important part. And this is, you guys have heard about it for a couple of weeks. This is the Rick and Johnny Podcast. I mean, if you guys need to know where the name comes from, I mean, do, do you want to give them a hint where it comes from? Uh, I, th- I think you guys can all pretty much figure it out where the name comes from. I, I, I don't understand what's exactly going on here, but hey, let's get it a go. That's where the name comes from. And this is going to be a podcast. I know it's different than everything else we have on MVP, but this is the complete nerd podcast here for MVP. You can't tell by the Iron Man, the Power Rangers, the Thor Hammer. DBZ in front. We're, we're going to be talking nerd stuff. And today on the show, I want to get right into it. We're going to be talking Logan. We're going to be looking at Batman. We're going to be looking Power Rangers. And then at the end, we kind of have a theory that we have for where are we going to find the soul gem in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Where are we going to find that? But, Johnny, I want to start by looking at Logan. And the reason why I kind of want to talk about Logan today, it's one of your favorite Mar- Marvel heroes. Oh, he's my number one, actually. That's I did. I wasn't quite sure. Like I was like, oh, crap. Is it his number one? I keep forgetting which is your one, which is Logan your two. Logan has been my number one since I was a kid. So I am most excited about this Logan. We are getting... Way more into what he's supposed to be. And I mean, before I forget, I gotta I gotta pour my tasty beverage. But while I do that, I wanted to open this up with is this gonna be the best X-Men movie? Is Logan gonna be the best X-Men movie we ever see? I think it's gonna be the best. It's gonna be possibly one of Hugh Jackman's last, so it's gonna be just rememberable Could be by his that. Very last. Could be his very last. He's been talking about not doing a man anymore after this. But not just that, we get to see a rated R violent Wolverine where he's been pushed back into the PG. Yes, the red band trailer. <laughs> Ooh, I was, uh, we get to see we get to see the knives go uh finally right through, through someone's skull. Ooh, I was excited to see that. <laughs> because every other Wolverine's been mm-hmm. pushed back a little bit. He's got to control himself a lot more. Now he gets to let go. I mean, he's getting old. He's losing his healing factor as you can see from a lot of the cuts, the cuts, cuts the scarring, the blood that's actually on his hands now, the shaking mm-hmm. from body abuse. But now we could see him let loose. Yeah. He's, and I and I mean, for me, it's one of those. That's the big thing. I just want to see Wolverine go at it, because even in the cartoons, when I watched the cartoons as a kid, yeah, you had to keep it kid friendly. But Wolverine was kind of that wild card. He was always supposed to be a wild card. He was card. always that wild card, and it was one of those ones where he was like, he's always supposed to be the one where it's like, you mentioned it off camera when we were kind of talking about this. He's supposed to be animalistic. That's what Wolverine is. It's just the name itself. He is like Wolverine. He's one of the most dangerous, well, northern animals, which is why he's based from Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is... He's just supposed to be that violent. He's trained to be that violent if it's not just in his nature alone. Well, and the one thing that I feel like really builds into this is, yes, it's rated R, like you mentioned, but Deadpool set this up for this to happen. Because if we didn't, A, have Deadpool be the first 
R-rated comic book movie that we've seen. But let's be honest. If it wasn't successful, no one else would try. Everyone else would be like, well, that didn't work. Let's go right back to the formula that we've been basically doing. Like PG-13 in the X-Men movies. The Marvel movies have been PG-13. But they, like anything with the Captain America, Iron Man, with Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't see them ever breaking the mold to go to rated R. And that's because they don't have to. No, they've got their... They've got the storyline set up to where they're doing just fine. They've got everything just in motion. Plus, I don't think Disney would let them go to rated R. But I mean, seeing a Logan rated R movie, I feel like this is one where they could kind of go, A, with the story and maybe with the directing, they could say, hey, you know what? We can do something that we couldn't have done in X-Men The Last Stand or The Wolverine or Days of Future Past because we were kind of limited by that rating, by that PG-13 rating. Yeah, and like you said, now that uh, Deadpool has unlocked that opening, we can get more violent characters like that and give them what they need to have. They don't necessarily have to be filled with blood and gore, but to give them that extra edge, to give them their real personalities... Like I said, Wolverine and Deadpool, if we had left him like he was in the Wolverine Origins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see the look on your face. <laughs> I wasn't, it wasn't my favorite movie. Let's um, just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> we're going to let that one go. Let's, let's just put it this way. Even the, what was it, X-Men Origins, the Deadpool didn't exist. That movie never happened. It never happened, Johnny. <laughs> well, anyways, um, none of them gave their personalities to them like they mm-hmm. needed to. There are characters where PG-13 works just fine for them. Iron Man, Captain America, everyone else, they work fine with PG-13, but when you get Wolverine, Deadpool, swearing, violence, it's part of their personality and you kind of need to embrace it. Well, and one of the things coming into this one, and I'm glad you said swearing because there's a little girl in this one. X-23 is going to be in this one, which to me is one of those things where it's like it's going to be interesting in a rated R setting to see Logan, to see Wolverine dealing with a kid. And I know it's like, oh, well, Ricky, it's X-23. Is she really a kid? But really it's one of those where it's like, yeah, she's younger than Wolverine. She doesn't have the same experiences that Logan has. Yeah, I mean, um, X-23, I'm excited that they threw someone in there now that's different. And the good thing about Logan is the swearing's not going to be in there. So you, mm-hmm. you got, I know there's a, some people out there that are worried, well, what about all the swearing in front of a child? No, but there's going to be the violence, and that's part of X-23 as well. She has been cloned from Wolverine. Now, I don't know their storyline exactly here, but she is part of Wolverine. So there's going to be that violence streak in her as well. And it plays into her character. So I'm excited to see both of them and how they're going to play that out. And the one thing you kind of already see from the trailers is, I think it was what the scene where she's like kind of sleeping and they're both like in the car and you kind of see that look on Logan's face where it's like, oh, they might go more towards a, oh, he's like a father figure to her kind of a thing. Yeah, he does become the father figure because... Him not having him living for so long and mm-hmm. not having children really gives him this opportunity to looking have at his, you, oh, Cyclops. I'm blaming you. It's all his fault. Yeah, it's we, all Cyclops. We fault. all know that. But continue. <laughs> um, yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. It gives him that opportunity to finally act as a father figure. And now that his body is running down, he gets to try and teach someone things that he knows that needs to be mm-hmm. better about. 
like the violent streak. They want to teach her, hey, it's not all about killing. Well, and that's really the thing that it is, is what is it going to be? I'm interested to see the relationship that they have between her and between Logan, because really in the trailer, all we've seen is on one side, it's Logan X-23 and then Professor X and then all the bad guys. Yes, that's, and that's it's really, basically, really it's, it's just been to me the main kind of like when we had Civil War. It was one side, one side, and then they kept throwing us footage of that airplane sequence like this is going to be the big battle this is going to be it i'm getting the same thing with logan we have this side we have this side and then it's that one scene the one i'm thinking of is when they're on one side logan professor x and x23 are on the other and you just see logan going after them and punching them and trying to beat them up because to me that i'm looking at that and going that's going to be the big action sequence in this movie. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the biggest one. I think there's going to be a lot of little ones as well, mm-hmm. because hopefully with a rated R movie, we're not just going to see a lot of <laughs> a uh, lot of talking. just talking and oh, but 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 I want to see action. And Which looks like from the trailers, there's going to be little bits of action everywhere. I want to throw this at you though. Yeah, does X twenty three? Are we going to see the because uh, she's got the two claws in her hand? Do we see the toe claw? I'm really Wolverine? hoping we do. At least one, like some sort of climbing thing. Or, or I, I just, just want to see her just go to kick somebody. Roundhouse kick she, and shing comes well, right out. As she kicks it, I want it to be something where she doesn't know she has it. Like she thinks, oh, I just got two claws. I don't have three like Wolverine. And then she goes to kick someone. And as she makes contact, just right through his body, we see it go all the way through just like. Wolverine with the headshot. I think that'd be an exciting way to throw it out there. Hopefully they like, put, holy shit, I have a big toe that has a blade in it. I have the third blade somewhere. <laughs> See, I would be excited if they threw it in somewhere because that's part of X-23 and hopefully they went with it. I'm not going to be upset if they don't, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, but I'm still going to be excited just for the movie in general. And as you said, one side against the other, I feel like it's this militaristic side versus whatever mutants well, are left to me it's always it's it, it's, it's always military it's the same thing where it's like it's Riker. it's that kind of like even when we saw in the old x-men movies of it's Riker versus wolverine and you're our you're our experiment you're ours and wolverine's like no i'm not i'm not an experiment i'm my own person basically that's what i always brought it down to it's going to be the same thing except instead of them coming for wolverine it's basically hey uh that little, that little thing you've got there, yeah, that's ours. Yeah, no, I that's completely agree. I think that's what's going to happen. Is they're gonna, it, it is theirs because they created X-23 and well, they want it back. experiment. Yeah, she's their experiment. Um, I think they're going to, yeah, they're going to come and try and take her back. Wolverine wants to give her a life. And from what I've seen in some of the uh, preview, uh, the trailers as well, mm-hmm. uh, Caliban is doing this stuff against his own will. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because, I mean, we... We saw him in, what was it, Apocalypse we saw him? Yeah, and he was willingly doing stuff to find mutants for mutants. It was one of those things also where this is a different Caliban that we're going to see, even look-wise. Like this one, the shot in the trailer, he's kind of in the back of a car, I believe, and to me kind of looks like an older version and maybe more sickly where in X-Men Apocalypse we saw him where basically he's running an underground kind of scene of, hey... You give me a little money, I'll tell you where this mutant is kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, with anything, this is probably 20, 30 years in the future. 
he's gonna that's gonna happen to him especially with you what you saw happen to him with apocalypse mm-hmm. so do you think he do you think he's just gonna be a set piece or do you think he's gonna be more involved in the bad guy side because I, I know th- you mentioned like oh well if he's doing it against his will then he's really like a set piece right it's basically hey you're like our prisoner do what we say and then when you do what we want you to do, we're going to throw you aside. I feel like that's probably what they're going to do, be doing with him, but they're not going to show the throwing aside part. They're just going to show him he's going to be forced to find the other mutants for him because there's some fil- some short clips where you can see he's kind of mm-hmm. screaming in pain. And then uh, later on, he ta- there's one scene where he talks to Wolverine. What he talks about, I'm going to wait and see what they, he says to him. But I feel like that's going to be slightly pivotal pivotal or at least give some more uh some more motion to the movie and the one thing that will be interesting is on that bad guide side i mean if you look at the cast list we've already seen him in the we've seen him in the trailers slightly and that is donald pierce and he's like the fictional supervillain where the thing that's interesting is we've kind of seen him because of that robotic arm. arm because he's that cyborg character yeah he's replaced his arm who knows maybe it was something with x-23 and he's trying mm-hmm. to get her back so i'm gonna i'm gonna end with this this is our first segment on the rick and johnny podcast before we move on into batman and everything going on with that i want to ask you this last time we opened the podcast with the question yes or no give your reasons Will Logan be the best X-Men movie ever? I'm going to say yes. It's going to let him become who Wolverine really is. It's going to show the nurturing side of him. We're going to get an X-23. We're going to get all the stuff that's happening to Charles Xavier in his old, old age. And just all around, I think it's going to be probably the best movie because it's going to let the characters develop the way they need to. I'm going to go with yes as well. And I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, really? Both of you guys are saying yes. There's no disagreement. But I'm going to go on a different side. I feel like my only nervousness coming in with this question is I feel like some people might come into it thinking, oh, rated R, it's going to be like Deadpool. But you got to think, Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, well, over this side, Deadpool, and Wolverine, totally different characters. Totally different types of rated R. Totally different, where... As Deadpool was more humor, more funny, more raunchy, more just it's all about the comedic value in that. Logan is going to be, you mentioned it, more of that violence factor. Like we're taking the knob and we're just jacking that volume all the way up to freaking 20, maybe even max. If you want to if you want to go to 11, that's fine. I'm going all the way. Hey, you, you crank that to 20. I'm going to crank it all the way to 20, and that's what it's going to be. I feel like there's going to be a ton of blood. There's going to be a ton of action. There might be some swearing in there. Of course there's going to be, but I think it's going to be more of that violent factor. But it's one of those, is is that going to be just as good as the comedic? And are people going to come in and go, well, it wasn't the same as Deadpool. I hope people don't do that. I hope that I hope it's like, either. man, this was – I feel like if it's – Yes, it was violent, but yes, it fits Wolverine. Exactly. People are going to be like, yes, this is a great movie. But yes, I feel like I'm going to go on the side of this could be the best X-Men movie of all time. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. Is this going to be the best X-Men movie of all time? What are your what are your worries with Logan? What do you like about Logan? And then obviously 
Let us know what you think after you guys see it. It comes out, what, in three weeks now? We got this Friday, next Friday, and then boom. March Logan 3rd. Hitting theaters. But, Johnny, we're going to move on into Batman. And I almost wore I almost wore my Batman shirt today, the one that I like that has, like, it's kind of slashy and has the you didn't. armor. Well, we're talking Power Rangers later. We are. You're right. You're and right. I, I didn't wear anything. My childhood really went out. You're kind of wearing uh, the last that, Shield. Yeah, it's Shield. Shield. It, it pertains to Agents of Shield. Yeah, you know. It we're pertains. Gonna be, we're going to be talking Marvel, Marvel. Dan. See, see, we 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 coordinate, but we're talking Batman. The coordinate. reason why we're talking Batman is because before I think it was two weeks ago. Yes. We're like, oh, the podcast. Oh my God, Ben Affleck. He walked away. He walked away. He's not going to be directing. Well, he's not going to be directing. He's still going to be in the Batman, which will be the solo Batman film that we get. But holy shit, Ben Affleck officially not going to direct it. And I was thinking, great, on the podcast, we can talk about what other directors, who would we like to see. Well, they beat us to the punch. I think it was Friday. Friday. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves was announced he will be directing The Batman. And if you don't know who he is, he directed Cloverfield. He directed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes he and directed War of the Planet of the directing. Apes. Directing. Well, directing that last one because yeah. it's in post-production right now. I believe he wrote War of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. He directed and wrote that one. He also wrote and directed Let Me In, which is a horror film that I had never heard of and it was one of those where I'm like, it's a horror film. I'm not really into yeah, that side you know, of the movie industry. Interesting for a horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how I feel well, about it unless I go and see it. And for me, it's funny. We talked about your favorite hero to start the podcast. We're talking about my favorite hero, second on the podcast. And yep. to me, I feel like the first thing, it's one of those things when I saw this. First, I want to talk about the Ben Affleck leaving. Because yeah. I feel like we got to talk about him walking away before we can talk about Reeves coming in. And when I heard, hey, you know what? Ben Affleck is not going to direct, but he is staying on as Batman. My first thought was, oh, thank God he's still going to be Batman. Oh, definitely oh, agree. Oh, thank God. Like him as Bruce Wayne, him as Batman. The only – him and Wonder Woman were the only things I really liked about Batman v Superman. That just pile of shit that I went and watched <laughs> and – I know that everyone has their own opinions. I know that uh, I believe it's Kevin Smith. He actually liked it. I didn't. But the thing is, I'm like, great, he's going to be Batman. But I can see why Ben Affleck didn't want to direct this. Because if I'm Ben Affleck, I'd look at it and go, okay, I I believe he directed The Accountant, which recently came out. Yeah. Great movie I've heard. And I want to go see it. But... It's one of those things where it's like I'm a I, I feel like I'm confident in my abilities as a director, but we're dealing with comic book fans. And comic book fans are if they don't like it, they will just come after you. I am one of them. Oh yeah. I know how it is. If I don't like it, I don't like it. There's no way to sway me back into liking a film after I'm like, nope, nope, I don't like it. Nope, don't like it. I even watched Batman v Superman a second time with the extended the extended scenes. Yeah, the extended scenes added some stuff where I'm like, yeah, that probably should have been in the original. Still didn't like it. And I feel like Ben Affleck said, you know what? I can direct it and try to do a good job. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with 
the negativity that could come. I'm just going to go ahead and do what I do and act and be Batman. And I'll let someone else worry about that because as the DC track record has gone, it hasn't been favorable. No, it has not. It's um, kind of hit a lot of rough patches. A lot of rough patches. You, all the rough patch. We've hit I'm all sorry, the rough patches. Every single rough patch? We've hit all the rough patches in the DC universe if it's me. And it pains me. Oh, you mean me. in the DCCU, the most yeah, recent of the it, DCU. It, it pains me because I'm a DC guy. I'm DC, you're Marvel. Yes. No, I like, completely it, agree. It pains me that you are winning. There's not really a winner or a loser, but your movies are better than mine, Johnny. It, it, <sighs> I mean, when we got the backing of... Disney, it does it does help a lot. Yeah, the mega corporation. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I I agree with you. They they have had a lot of rough patches, or as you said, all the rough patches. All the rough patches. And I can get where he's walking away from it because you don't want that responsibility. You don't want that to be on your name, especially when you don't completely agree with how the script went. Because you said Ben Affleck and who else was Jeff Johns? Jeff Johns, uh, who, the writer of Green Lantern. Yes, right? he. And yes. that was the best thing when Jeff Johns they announced he was going to take on like I'm coming in. To oversee everything, to make sure, basically, it's to make sure you guys don't fuck shit up. Yeah. Because basically, that's what you guys have been doing. Which is a good move when you got someone who's wrote all these, what I've heard, I've never really read any of the Green Lantern. Blackest Night was amazing. Yeah. So I've heard they're amazing. See, so you got someone writing all these amazing ones. So you got someone that like that steps in. You got to hope he's doing really well. But I get where, no matter what, he wants to step away. Because if it's not to his liking, probably at a 90%, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to direct it either. Because I don't have confidence in that film. Well, and it's one of the things where I feel like, and I don't know Ben Affleck. Exactly. I don't know. And I, I, I'm i kind of jealous that I can't be like, I watch, Kevin Smith is a huge podcast. I watch, and he even goes, he's like, He's like, I don't know Ben Affleck, but even though we've been in films together, people think we're best friends. But it, that wasn't actually too bad of a Kevin Smith. No, I wasn't say actually. So myself. I say but good. I don't know Ben Affleck at all. So no. I can say I don't know him at all. But I would feel like if it was me, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about it. I am going to. It's kind of like I'm going to relate it to sports. Cause I'm a little bit of a sports Go guy. For it. If you're a quarterback and you're winning every game. And people are liking what you're doing. You don't want to lose. Exactly. So why would you direct something and lose? That's what this is. If people like the accountant. People have liked other things that you have directed. Argo was amazing. Why the hell would you direct something to take an L? And that's what I feel like Ben Affleck was like, fuck it. I'll just be Batman. Man of Steel, I didn't think it was too bad. General population, there were a lot that didn't like it. Yeah. Batman v Superman, complete garbage. <laughs> Suicide Squad, it, I'll admit it was – if I turned off my brain and didn't know anything about comic books or about the DC universe, I would have liked it. However, I do know things about the DC universe, and although Harley Quinn was amazing and I loved Margot, Ro- Margot Robbie as um, Harley Quinn, the Joker sucked. I felt like it was a – I felt it was DC's way of – Copying Guardians of the Galaxy and saying, "Here's a soundtrack you should buy," and that's Will, what I've heard a lot about. It was it. Will Smith and Margot Robbie were the best things in that movie. The Joker was kind of eh. I didn't really like the Joker in that one, even though I am not blaming Jared Leto because apparently they cut out a lot of his scenes. So it's one of those I'm stepping back and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to judge Jared Leto because I didn't get to see what was cut up, cut out, what hit." the cutting room floor, but Suicide Squad I wasn't really excited about. 
Then Jeff Johns comes on, and I'm like, you know what? Now I'm coming in open mind. Wonder Woman is going to be my first kind of this is what we get to see. See how it goes. This yeah, because she's going to be the one that gets that film. That She's the next one. Exactly. Like, she's the one that's, the, the that's going to be the new beta test, I guess. What I, and I'm glad you said beta test because the thing that I'm worried about is Jeff Johnson. It says here on Wikipedia that he is listed as a screenwriter, but he didn't come in right away. He came in kind of mid-process. Yeah. So there might be things where... Even if I don't like Wonder Woman 110%, I might give DC, I'm not going to give him a pass, but it's one of those where I won't be as critical as Batman v Superman because at least I know Jeff Johns is on there. Wonder Woman's my beta test. Justice League better be hitting it right out of the park. Better it hope has so. to. It has to. Otherwise, I mean, we're going to have to see at that point mm-hmm. how what DCCU is going to do. Well, because it's this year we're going to have June, we have Wonder Woman. November, we've got Justice League. Yes. Then the next four after that is Aquaman, Shazam, Cyborg. And then they, they have a Green Lantern Corpse movie. Which should be exciting. I that hope they do better be nice. than the first one. That one's <laughs> that one's 2020. It's interesting. We have Iron Man. Or we have Iron Man. Not Iron Man. Aquaman. Aquaman. I'm looking at Iron Man over here. Aquaman 2018, Shazam 2019, Cyborg and Green Lantern Corps are 2020. But I want to flip it now. Matt Reeves is our director for The Batman. If you're not familiar, The Batman is the solo Batman flick. It's basically going to be The Batman, and our villain is Slade Wilson or Deathstroke. And it's great. To me, loved it. You get Ben Affleck as Batman. You get Marshall's best friend from How I Met Your Mother as Slade Wilson. Like I look at the, I look at him and go, "Holy shit, that's he Slade does Wil- look like that is what Slade you Wilson. think of Slade, what Slade Wilson will look like, especially when he like fucking jack him up. Oh a yeah, little bit. You, yeah, you get him to work out a little bit more. Oh, he's gonna and, look like Slade Wilson, and with, plus he's got a personality. Which I mean, Slade Wilson, a little rough exterior, but. Deathstroke does have some lines in there that he can quip back and forth. And the first thing I think about when Matt Reeves comes in, he's now our director. I look at Cloverfield. I rewatch the trailer for Cloverfield. And you kind of look at, to me, the camera style and the kind of scene that they set up. Very dark, very ominous. That's the word I'm looking for. And... Basically, that's what it is. You have a monster at night. It's very dark. It's just, and to me, I look at that kind of palette and I go, okay, if they take that and put it with maybe the storytelling from Dawn of Planet of the Apes, and I know the big thing with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes that everyone liked was the CGI. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Apes. If he can bring what he did with the story of Planet of the Apes and mix it with that kind of palette of Cloverfield, we could get a good Batman film. I think so too, and not just that. The palette kind of goes along with your what you're talking about with mm-hmm. Cloverfield. It's darker, it's grittier. That's Batman with uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because it's like everything's raining, everything's mm-hmm. dark. It's just ominous because of what's going on. So, and that's Gotham, exactly. So it's going to play into it so think, well. I don't think it ever. The sun never shines in Gotham. I don't think it's just it's constant rain. Constant rain. It's constant rain. It's constant overcast, clouds. darkness. The smog or the smog, if we're uh, talking uh, Lord of the Rings. But I look at it and I think my first reaction was, 
okay, uh, how is this going to be? And then I looked at it and went, okay, I don't have to panic. Am I nervous? Fuck yeah. Everything for the DCU or the extended universe. I'm nervous. Oh, I, I don't blame you just because we have to wait and see what happens with Wonder Woman. It's like watching a bad sports team, which I've done most of my <laughs> life until this last year. Um, it's I'm watching a bad sports team. Johnny's watching a a constant Super Bowl champion each and every year in Marvel. Yes. And it, it, it pains me. It pains me. It hurts me inside. But I think that Matt Reeves will do a good, like, I don't want to say, I don't want to jump the gun and say, yes, he will do a good job. I think it's a smart choice. Right now, I'm going to say it's a smart choice based on what we've seen with Cloverfield, the look of it, even the look, like you said, of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and the directing there. It has potential. That's I agree. What, that's what I'll leave it up to. It has potential. Let's hope that it go it just the storylines good. Let's hope that he can work with whatever storylines he's given in order to make it the Batman film that you, we're all looking for. In Jeff Johns, we trust. We have to trust that Jeff Johns will save the DC Extended Universe. But before we move on, anything with the Batman that we that we that we missed out on. Let me segment. ask you this. Okay. Do you think it's going to be the film that we deserve, not the one we need? I think it's going to be the one we deserve. I think it is. Well, it's kind of hard because it is the one we need. We need Batman to kind of save this universe. But, yeah, I think it is going to be the one we deserve. But the thing with Batman, this is – I know you're going with a joke there, but it sparked something in my head. I'm glad I did that. I don't want this film – because there's no release date set. There's nothing set for it. Yeah. Is – I don't want people to look at it and instantly compare it to the Dark Knight trilogy. Because it's a separate thing now. We're kind of cutting that universe a little bit. Like everyone, lo- everyone loved the Dark Knight. I did too. I mean, everyone loved just the, even just the movie, The Dark Knight. Yeah, just no, the trilogy, they were the a Dark good, Knight. It was a good trilogy. It was a good movie. I, but I can't argue people, with that at all. People now hold Batman movies up to that standard and... This is something totally different. It's in a different universe, and that's really my only big fear when it comes to any Batman movie, but this Batman movie, because it's the next one that we will see. This is where you guys come in. Let us know down below in the comment section. What are your guys' reactions to this? What do you think about Matt Reeves coming on? What did you think about Ben Affleck walking away from the director's chair at Batman? What are your expectations for the Batman? I'm a little nervous but i'm optimistic and i can see the potential that this movie can have and i'm curious to see what you guys think and johnny now it's time well actually what time is it johnny it's morphin time yeah it's morphin time we're gonna be talking about the power rangers i'm actually gonna put this back uh yeah put it back in front right there Keep that baby up front. Right there so you guys can see it. So you guys can see my morpher. Check That's actually the Red, Ra- the Red Ranger morpher. My favorite Power Ranger, although I have <laughs> green a Ranger. Green Ranger shirt on hey, right now. Hey, he is now. an awesome Ranger as well. And met, let's go with it. The well, White Ranger, I got to, too. I got to take a picture with the Green Ranger. You did. So with uh, Jason David Frank. Yeah, I, so paid, I paid for that, but I paid good money for that. You earned it. And I like sort how uh, I like how that day the story time really quick before we get into the segment of story uh, time. I rem- we went down to it was um, Chicago Comic Con, yeah, yeah. The Chicago one, and um, we tried to get there Friday. I'm like, I want to take it with because you had you could take it with Jason David Frank, 
Jason David Frank as the Green Ranger or Jason David Frank and the White Ranger. Yes. I really wanted the White Ranger one. We didn't get down there in time. So it was either take it with Jason David Frank himself or in costume. You're going to choose the costume Heck each yeah. and every time. And he was a great guy. It was a great, a great experience. But we're talking Power Rangers movie. And the thing with this one is basically I wanted to get a lot off my chest. Yeah, I, don't I know, I you, know that. No, there's some things I have. There have been like, like a lot of things or a lot of things I have some issues with. <laughs> we've been like when we've been planning this podcast, I'm like, we're talking Power Rangers day one. Because for two weeks now, I have wanted to tell you guys my opinions of this movie because it's. I was thinking about this today. I want to like this movie. I want to go in. Oh, I do too. I want to go in. I want to keep an open mind. I basically want to take the nostalgia part of my brain and push it all the way to the back and say, you know what? Get back here. I'm going to try to enjoy this movie, although it might not be exactly... Like, what I grew up with. But, man, am I nervous, Johnny. Man, am I nervous about this movie. I mean, Alpha 5 looks fucking horrible. Oh, I agree. Goldar looks like a gold piece of shit. Just the, massive gold flying around? E- what is that? Come even on. from the first trailer, and this is this might be me nitpicking, but when, he, when one of the Power Rangers is like, oh, I got to get up and slam, hand through the sink, it's like, that's not the Power Rangers. No, I completely like, agree. To me, there's that side. There's Alpha 5, Goldar, that thing. The Power Coins, to me, I'm kind of like, eh, nitpicky, but I'm not huge into pushing that for. But then there's things I love. I think the Zords look fucking awesome. They look amazing. I love the costumes. The suits I, are great. I was I love, a little worried about them at first, but I, love, I got a better look. I think the suits look great, even like, because there's that purple in the middle, but the purple yes. makes the diamond. So it's like, okay, kind of an homage back to the original costume that With had the, the diamond white diamond in, the middle. in yeah. the middle. And like the Zords, the suits, Zordon, but Brian Cranston as Zordon looks amazing. Although I said Alpha 5 looks horrible, Bill Hader voicing Alpha 5, phenomenal. Let's phenomenal hope that just, in that Let's trailer. just hope that that saves it then. That that does save it. And I kind of. Rita is kind of in the middle. I got to wait and see about Rita before I make and put her in each side. But this is a movie, like, I want to go in with an open mind, but I'm nervous about. Very nervous. Yeah, I mean, I can't push the nostalgia to the back because my brain wants to compare. (laughs) What are they doing? And what is it kind of like? How many homages are they going to make to the original Power Rangers? Mm -hmm. So we have, like, this is the one I'm going to hit most on. I cannot stand what they did with Goldar. You can't. I will. I, like can't. I say, he's a gold piece of shit. Yes, he's a, just a giant gold mask flying around. Come on, he's supposed to actually have a figure. Now, I'll be. I'll take it if they give him like a normal form when he's like small, like human sized, and give him a real form. But but we saw him big going up against the Megazord. Yes, which we haven't gotten a good. I'll I'll go with. I've been telling myself I haven't gotten a good look at the Megazord, so I'm gonna let it go and see how that looks because the Zords themselves look amazing. I'm worried a little bit what they're going to make the Megazord look like. Are we going to get something that kind of represents what we had in the past? Or are we going to get something that looks more like their power suits or something weird looking kind of like they did to Goldar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and right now, I mean, I'm looking at pictures online. And really, if you want even a better look at, at really what he looks like, I mean, I'm looking at the toy right now. 
and they put a picture of the toy next to a picture of what the gold are that we know. I mean, it, it looks like to me they kind of they kind of took, oh, wait, it's Goldar, so he's gold, but we're going to make him look like one of the monsters from Resident Evil 7. That's what he looks yeah, like to me. One I of the fungal now. monsters from Resident Evil 7 that was just dipped in gold paint. Yeah, you can kind of see like the general idea with the toy at least. Mm-hmm. In the 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 trailers, I'd got no representation of that. It just, I, I, it looked like gold dust flying around. I'm nervous about it. Like, I am that's too. That's one of the things where I'm like, really? And even like, I mean, with that, it's like Alpha 5, he looks like a shitty Chrysler. Yeah. With like the freaking like eyeballs out here. Yeah, he looks like an old timey like, car that oh was my, a, can you like, a messed up, um, what am I thinking? He looks like a, he's a messed up transformer. transformer. Thank you. Yeah. Should have been a Chrysler. But I mean, it's just one of those things where I look at this and I go, oh my God, I am very nervous about this film. But one of the things that I will say I like, and I'm going to put it down below in the description for you guys is one of the posters for, I think it's one of the international um, posters that you see. It's, it's the power Rangers. You see like the blue, the black and um, the yellow in front, the pink's kind of up there. And then you got the red Ranger looking like this. He's like looking like that, and Rita Repulsa is kind of like this in the background. Well, it would be this to you, like that. Yeah. And I love that because to me, it goes back to, I think, back to the Super Nintendo game where all the Power Rangers had that Red Ranger where he's kind of like looking up like that. Yeah. And I was like, a... oh, you're paying, you're paying homage to it. You're 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 playing with my nostalgia part. It's fucking which is a good thing to do, you. especially with ki- people our age. It's, I get, call it's us kids. getting me <laughs> excited and back into it, and that's like that's the first thing I thought of. But uh, I'm I'm ner- like I'm nervous to the fact of I know it's going to be, I know it's different. I know it's one of those things where it's like it's not going to be exactly the same. But I'm worried that it's going to be, okay, you took too many liberties with it. Yeah, that's a little worrisome. Like you said, with the powers, the Power Rangers were supposed to be not about having mm-hmm. superpowers, but about having skills, about, as you think you put it, was it Kids with Attitude? Yeah, it's Teenagers with Attitude. There you go. Well, I think, what is that, from the actual? It's from the actual, yeah. It's, it's it, In the 1990s Power Rangers? It's Zordon. He goes, Alpha. Find me some teenagers with attitude. And that's what it is. They were teenagers with attitude. And, like, that's that's another thing that you bring up. In one of the trailers, yeah. what do they show? It says Angel Grove. And it's kind of, to me, I think from one of the trailers, they even mentioned that, like, they threw in that, oh, these are, like, kids that are... Um, have behavioral issues. Yeah, they're kind of delinquent-ish. But they're it, not like actual delinquents, but but they're in they're a delinquent the school. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're and kind of bordering, but they're not to terrible me, kids. To me, I look at that and I go, "Okay, I guess you're trying to go with a different side instead of like teenagers with attitude. You're taking that phrase and saying, well, if they have attitude, they're delinquents.' The original Power Rangers were not delinquents at all. No, yeah, they, they had, were. Yeah, they had." attitude but they were kind of goody goody two shoes they were i mean billy was a great kid zach was a great kid trini always did well in school kimberly was the traditional uh popular kid 
And then Jason was the popular guy who did martial he arts. He was your stereotypical jock. And I know it's one of those things where maybe, and maybe they had this conversation, would that sell now? Would that, having that in this movie, would that sell, or would we have to maybe play on the aspect if we make them delinquents, then it would play a little bit better in today's society? I think they kind of made a little bit better of a choice with going with that, only because of how society is. Mm -hmm. um, if they went with the ones that we know, yeah, well, you and I would go and see it, everyone around our age that knows that type of Power Rangers would go and see it. But kids today, you have mm -hmm. to ask, would they go and see it? Some might. Some might not, but when you pertain to the other attitude, you can always, you can, I don't want to say always, you can fill that possibly fill. <laughs> I don't want to, I want to say always. I'm going to take that back and say you could possibly fill that back in mm -hmm. later. Maybe the Red Ranger, Jason, will go mm -hmm. and become a football player and they'll all go their way, directions on how they're supposed to now that this is happening to them. You never know. I mean, they could possibly throw it like in that general direction then maybe this power ranger thing has changed them in that way and the one thing i do want to mention this is the one person we haven't mentioned is rita repulsa yes what are your thoughts on what are you thinking about rita coming into this movie you know i'm actually okay so far with her i'm not thrilled <laughs> i'm not thrilled they haven't given me a lot to be thrilled about i like it they're going with kind of an homage the green ranger was mm -hmm. a villain when we first got him she is kind of playing she has the gold ranger coin she's kind of got that green i said gold didn't i green ranger yeah the green ranger she's got a gold staff is what yeah she's but thinking. she's got the green coin yeah so yeah the green ranger so it's a good way of playing it off because she's a a villainous Green Ranger, mm -hmm. and maybe we'll eventually, at the end of the film, maybe even the coin will go to an actual Green Ranger to make another Power Rangers film later on. And I mean, that's with me. At first, when I saw the green, I went, my nostalgia kicked in. And I was like, nope, nope, not Rita. That's not Rita. That's not Rita. <laughs> that is not Rita Repulsa. I love Elizabeth Banks, but that is not Rita Repulsa. Then I thought about it, like you said, the Green Ranger. You can tell they are playing off of. The Green Ranger tie and everything. Her costume's entirely green. Yeah. She's got a gold staff, which is a little different than the original, but it looks nice. Like the it does. Whole, the whole outfit for Rita Repulsa, I really don't have an, a problem with. It's how they make her in the film that will have me have the problem, because we do have the one shot in the trailer where she kind of pins Kimberly yeah. up against the wall. And I don't know, that could be her actually coming into the room of Kimberly. We don't know. That could be like a weird, let's say, dream sequence type of thing. Let's it could say, be. I don't let's know. Let's say the Power Rangers go up against her the first time and get their asses kicked. Maybe that's Kimberly having a weird dream. Nightmare and it's kind just... of like Rita Repulsa's in their head kind of a thing. That could be it. Could like, be. There's not a lot of context from that part in the trailer, but to me, I feel like it's going to be... There was one thing I heard early on, and someone told me, they're like, well, what if she's like... It's not that she has the power of the Green Ranger like it was in the original. What if she is actually a Power Ranger and is evil? Like... Rita Repulsa is a ranger, but she's the green ranger who is evil. I wouldn't like, me personally, wouldn't like that. I would go more of the, she has the power coin. She could choose a teenager 
like it was in the original to be the Green Ranger and be evil. Just I'm like hoping, it was. Like, like you said, I'm hoping that's the way they go with it. Because if she's the actual Green Ranger and she's evil, that's kind of like pulling a few too many liberties with it. Mm-hmm. Where it, it, she's supposed to have her own set of powers, not just based on the Gold Ranger coin. Because she gives it to someone. Mm-hmm. And that's originally he's evil. And then eventually he comes over to the Power Ranger side. Yeah, and I mean, with that whole thing, it's supposed to be the, well, obviously it was Tommy who she gave the coin to. And that's why at the end, and this is me thinking, this is kind of like predictions for it. Yes. And jumping to the end of the film, because nowadays Marvel set this up. Marvel set it up, but the actually the Power Rangers movie that had Ivan Ooze even had a post-credit scene. That's true. I forgot about that. So... Because of that, because of what basically Marvel has done, let's say Marvel made it popular. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have a post credit scene, I believe. Well, we should. That was the one, I hope so. That's one of the criticisms, by the way. I know we talked DC earlier in the cast. That was one of the problems I had with um, Man of Steel that there was no post credit scene. Yeah, that, I think there needed to right. be one to set up the next film. But I could see if you're going like, ah, I I don't want to copy Marvel and DC and Marvel are kind of. Head to head. Yeah. I would love a post credit scene. And if we do get one for the end of Power Rangers, right now I'm kind of looking through the cast list okay. to see if there's there were any kind of hints at anything that we could see. What I would love to see is I think the post credit scene should be the next movie should be, you know what, the Green Ranger. That's gonna be it. Someone gets the coin. It's basically her picking the Green Ranger. A Green Ranger movie. Yeah, and then having a Green Ranger movie. But also what they could do if they don't want to go that route, and if they want to just accelerate the timeline, Yeah. what if at the end of the movie we get Lord Zed? You could do that, too. She failed him. Lord, She did work for Lord Zed for mm-hmm. a while, too. So Didn't they get married in the... Uh, I think they got married in the TV show, too. Second or third season? Yeah, one of them, they got married. Yeah, they or did. She, I think she tricked him or Into drug, drugged it. Like, when we're kids, we weren't thinking they got drugged, but... <laughs> drugged. Yeah, they drugged Lord Zed into... Marrying uh, her. So marrying yeah. her, but, like, that's another thing I looked at, and I'm like, wow, we could go that route. We could. We could get a Lord Zed at the end of the Power Rangers. Woo. How sick would that be? Now pretty cool to me lord zed i would think and this is if they're gonna do two three four x movies because let's be honest this movie has to be successful first before we can think of two three four five six x amount of movies but i would want to see at the end of this movie if there's going to be something to tie over into a second one i would want to see the green ranger and we are going to fight him and the second movie is going against the green ranger and then the end of the second movie is them defeating the Green Ranger. He's gone. Lord Zed comes in. And then in that third movie, it's one of those things where how they could do it is. So at the end of the second movie, Green Ranger's dead. Well, dead. And he's defeated. Lord Zed comes in. Start of the third movie, Power Rangers going up against the new Lord Zed. They're getting their asses kicked. Boom, boom, boom. Lord Zed's going to beat him at the end of the movie in that third final act. What does Brian Cranston Zordon do? Ta-da! Here is your White Ranger, and boom, they beat Lord Zed. We, There's your trilogy. The play on it with that, um, I got, I get, I go definitely most of the way with you on that. 
I can go some a little other routes. Mm-hmm. That second movie could be a, a flip from Green Ranger being bad to Green Ranger being good at the very end. And we have an introduction of Lord Zen, maybe. So you're saying introduce the White Ranger at the end of the second movie? Maybe, or just have, because we did have the Green Ranger for a while before getting the White Ranger. I guess. So we I did. Mean, you're right. So, I mean, we could have a play with, uh, use the, the Green mm-hmm. Ranger for a, a, at least one movie as a good guy or for a half while. half of a movie. Exactly. So the Lord, second, Lord Zed kind of takes away his power coin. Yeah, take him out at the very mm-hmm. end. And you set it up to maybe Zordon, like as an after credit scene, mm-hmm. giving him the white Ranger coin, that uh, tiger coin, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just spilled on myself. Yeah, that's spilled fine. all over myself. Thank right? you for on camera more. for everybody. <laughs> well, one of those things I went to, uh, I went to drink and I went, oh, I drank way too much on that and it went all over my shirt. So uh, next podcast, I will have a bib. I will need a bib for or we're just my give a poncho. Or we can get me a sippy cup. Sippy cups would work, too. Then I can go, and I wouldn't have to drink out of my Captain America cup, but what- We'll get you a Captain America sippy cup. (laughs) A Captain America sippy cup. Come on, you know they sell them now. But kind of just to end this, to put a nice bow on it, the kibosh is- I want to be optimistic about this movie. Mm -hmm. I want, like I said, I'm going to go in, I'm I'm going to fight myself, but I'm going in with an open mind, because we are going to see it. When it comes out March 24th. Yes, completely agree. But the thing is, although I'm going to come up with an open mind, I am very nervous about this movie. And the reason being is you are ma- you are you are fucking with my childhood, basically. Oh, yeah. To put it out there. You are fucking with my childhood. And if there's anything that's very... If there's anything that is a worst enemy to someone, it's nostalgia. Yes. And that's basically it what can, this It is. can make or ruin films without even seeing mm-hmm. them. So hopefully they have enough homages to the original the original Power Rangers. Power the Rangers. Original series or the movie. Yes. To <laughs> Johnny, yes, both. <laughs> both. Just to give us what we need out of it. And yeah, take some liberties, but don't take everything. Mm-hmm. And this is where, uh, is there, before I throw it up to them, is there anything that we missed in that? Anything that I didn't kind of pull us through that you feel you have to get off your chest? Um, I, I got everything. I feel better. I feel no, like the weight is lifted. I think so too. We talked about Goldar. We went over the awesome looking Zords. We were worried with the oh, Megazord. I can't, I can't wait. I can't they wait. They look amazing. I, like, it's one of those things where it's like the costumes and the Megazord, well, not the me- the Zords, yes. are my favorite. Yes. They're no, my so far, absolute those are favorite by far, part of the movie. Yes, by far my favorite. I'm a little worried. The only scene we got of to see the with the Megazord. Megazord. So you're worried about the Megazord I just, total? I'm a little bit worried about what they're going with the Megazord. If mm-hmm. you give it, like, somewhat humanistic with armor like they did in the actual films, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. If you make it more so, like... Just the under part of their suit of armor, I'm mm-hmm. going to have a bit of an issue with that. <laughs> well, and this is where uh, we're going to turn it to you guys. Let us know down below what you guys are expecting from this movie. What are you nervous about? What are you positive about? Do you think it's going to be a good movie, a bad movie? Let us know down below in the comment section. And now let's move into our final topic, Johnny. And this is one where we were originally going to do the first three. And then me and you got to talking before the podcast. We're like, should we talk about Marvel? I mean... Robert Downey Jr. came out. With a Facebook Live. I mean, Facebook Live, the set, and them starting to film of Infinity Wars. You said you watched something where 
it was basically the Russos and Kevin Feige kind of talking about Infinity Wars. And we were like, you know what? It's kind of far from Infinity Wars. But then you mentioned something, a little bit of a theory that you have. Yes. Of where we might be able to find the lone gem, the lone gem that we have not seen. Because if you're if you're like, guys, I need a recap. How many gems have we found in these movies? Here they are. We've got the space gem. That's the, the Tesseract. Tesseract. Then we have the reality gem. Which is the ether. The ether from uh, Thor, the Dark World. Yes. And then we have the power gem from Guardians of the Galaxy. Inside the orb. We've got the mind gem, which is Loki's scepter or uh, Vision's Vision. new gem. And then we one. recently just found the time gem, which is... Doctor Strange. The eye. The eye, the eye is basically is the time gem. So we're, we're missing the soul gem. And... What we're going to talk about today, and I'm going to throw it over to you to kind of explain this theory that you, a lot of people have it, but you're the one that was like, you know what, I think on this side of it, and I was like, fuck it, let's talk about it. Where do we find the soul gem, the one gem we have not seen? Well, the one gem we haven't seen, like Ricky has just brought up, it's the soul gem. It's supposed to interact with the soul. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to, I'm not, it's got, if you want to look up all the powers, look up all the powers, because... All the I will go I will for look it. up the powers. Yeah, look <laughs> up the list of powers because all the stones don't just have like one little thing that pertains to it. They have a whole list of powers that go with that name of the stone. The space stone you can travel through space, but you can travel like little infinitesimal parts of space, time. You saw how he uses it in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. The one we're looking at now is the Soul Gem, and who who in the Marvel universe? has talked about anything to do with souls. Heimdall. I can see a trillion souls in the first Thor movie. Mm -hmm. And if you take a look at his chest armor, it's the tree of life with this small little orange thing in the top. I believe it was given to him. Like you can see in many Marvel parts of the Marvel universe, they actually use an infinity stone to do other things. So why not have it that, Heimdall has the Infinity Stone to see all these things. Yeah, he's not going to use it for anything else because he is—he's uh-huh. been entrusted. He is probably one of the most trusting people in the Marvel universe. Took he, you a while to think about think about that word. Yeah, right? trusting, trusting man—that is a tough <laughs> Woo, one. Big word, Johnny. <laughs> Two syllables. <laughs> but go on. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's been. He's been guarding the gate of Asgard. For a second, I was like, did I just interrupt you and lose your train of thought? Completely. You you derailed it, but I got back on track. No. Um, he's been watching the gate of Asgard <laughs> for who knows how long. Um, he ha- has not bit betrayed Odin up until Thor Ragnarok and betrayed, I'm using loosely because he was doing it for the betterment of Asgard. If it's for the betterment, if it's for the betterment of Asgard, I will uh, go against my king. (laughs) I mean, he didn't really go against his king. He just said, he actually, all he did was say. Didn't he just open the the Bifrost for Thor? No, he didn't even do that. He just called his king to come and see him to tell him. Thor was escaping, so he kind of just distracted him (laughs) temporarily. He didn't do anything necessarily Mm -hmm. wrong, but what I think is going to happen in this is 
Heimdall has the soul gem. Now, there's a lot of things that co- can go along with it. And you're saying he has it in the little, in the little gem piece that we see. In his armor. The gem-like piece we see in his armor. Yeah, I think it's right there, honestly. And you know, there's a lot of speculation going out, and mm-hmm. I can kind of get along with Hela wants that stone for mm-hmm. some reason. Well, she also deals with souls, too. Yeah, I mean, she takes the, everyone, the kind of ruler of the underworld. Yes, or, exactly. Kind of um, the Greek version, Hades. Yeah. She's kind of that. But she's the, uh, what am I thinking of? Just the Asgardian version of Hades. Yeah. So she's probably going to want it to something to do with the souls. Who knows what? And I think what's going to happen is it's going to play off in Thor. Thor. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, having some trouble there? Yeah, a little bit. I'm trying to get the hammer. Son of a... Couldn't do this? Goddamn. Couldn't do this? You, no, you want to know why you couldn't do this, right? Yeah, I would like to know why. It's your, it's your first podcast, so, I mean, you're not worthy. Uh, you're yeah. not worthy yet to wield... Uh, I'm not worthy, yeah. To wield uh, Thor's hammer. And notice how each time I've said it, I've said Thor's hammer because I can't say it correctly. Oh, you can't say it. what's the word? What's the word for it again? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. I can't say. I can't say it. So I avoid saying it, and I just say Thor's hammer. But yeah, I like making him say it. It's more fun yeah, that that's, way. That's why. That's why that can, that can happen. But I want to throw something out, and this is me just doing a little bit because I was when you're like, oh, look up the powers of the Soul Gem. Yes, I looked at and I came across the Marvel Wiki, and it's got an entire page just dedicated to the soul gem and the thing that i'm reading here and this was the most important part of what i read it says here and i quote the soul gem was in the possession of the high evolutionary when he oversaw the rebirth of adam warlock he gifted the gem to warlock to aid him in his missions to save the world of Counter-Earth. With that being said, do we maybe see, maybe if it's, maybe it's a whole thing where they want the Russos and Feige and everyone at fucking Marvel want us to think, oh, Heimdall has it. Oh, no, Helen has it. What if it's Adam Warlock? And I know that there's a huge theory out there of each of the stones where we have found it has spelled... Thanos, I mean, Tesseract for the T, it'd be Heimdall or Hela for H, the Aether for A, the Necklace for N, the Orb for O, and the Scepter for S. So the Adam Warlock thing doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily fit that, but what could it be maybe at, maybe we get a introduction of adam warlock somewhere and he has it that could be very well because there have been um and you know what i could be wrong we could get it in guardians of the galaxy because Mm -hmm. he's more related with that and the thing too is there was speculation that in the second no why am i saying the second the guardians of the galaxy movie at the very end when you see the the collector Mm -hmm. you see this cocoon inside of a case that's adam warlock some say it could be adam warlock's cocoon and I could actually go along with that. The question is, are we going to introduce Adam Warlock along with all these other characters for Infinity Wars? Or are we going to introduce Adam Warlock during Infinity Wars? That could be like we what if it's what if it's one of these things where I mean, because one of the things in the mood you sent me the YouTube video and I'm going to put it down below in the description for everyone else to see. You can got to pause it, watch it, come back to here. But 
one of the things that they mentioned was they wanted it to, I think it was Feige that mentioned it, where it's one of those things where they wanted, we know, we've known forever that Thanos is going to be, Thanos is going to be the villain. He's going to be the big bad of the the Infinity Infinity Wars. We've known it since the end of Avengers 1. Yes. And it's how do you set them up for the Avengers to go up against this, but still feel surprised about it is what he was saying. And he said he mentioned that's why they tore him apart and did Civil War. They split the team. Everyone split. They're at their weakest time. So basically Thanos can blindside them. What if it's something where to go off of that, we're not going to introduce it with Thor Ragnarok. We're not going to introduce it with Guardians of the Galaxy um, number two. What if they want us to go into Infinity Wars thinking, where is it? Very Where probable. is it? And then, bam, in Infinity Wars in the beginning, Thanos finds the gem and then, bam, that's where the surprise. So it's kind of like a surprise, not just for the Avengers, but a surprise on for us, everyone. too. everyone, yeah. yeah. No, that's very likely, too. I mean, we don't have to get the soul gem right off the bat. We don't have to have it before Infinity Wars. All this stuff can happen during Infinity Wars because we are going to have a part one and a part two. Mm-hmm. So, heck, the Avengers don't. Avengers and all the other superheroes that we're going to get in this big movie of all these superheroes together – we don't have to have them win the first one. We don't. Well, it could also be a, I wonder if it's going to be, because every Marvel movie has that one action set piece. I wonder if it's going to be part one will really set up part two, where maybe part one's more of the kind of nine action set pieces to set up everything to where when we go into Infinity Wars part two, it's like, it's kind of like, what they did with Harry Potter when they did the seventh movie in Seven, two parts. Yeah, I get what you're I remember about. going with my cousin and her boyfriend to see that. And I got to the end of it and I went, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> there was no action until the last half hour. What the fuck was this? And they kept telling me, oh, what all the action's going to be in the next one. And I went, the fuck? Really? Really, yeah. I got to come back for the next one. Like, for me, I wasn't involved. Like, I wasn't engulfed in Harry Potter. So that no, was completely my agree. reaction. I didn't but even see it. They could do that for Infinity Wars. Where they could. All I the f- action's like, bam, one set piece at the end. But then, boom, all the action's in part two. Yeah, I. the only thing I have, I'm hoping Marvel doesn't do that. Because, as you said, as a Marvel fan, as any comic book fan, you're kind of going to say, well, what the fuck? Because what the fuck? I mean, who wants to have a what like an Avengers movie or Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy, D- Doctor Strange, and whoever else are going to throw in there at the end, mm-hmm. and have no action, just everyone building up, and then what two and a half an hour to two and a half hours mm-hmm. of all this happening and no action, cut to an end scene. I think you're going to make a lot of fans angry. I'm hoping, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, more of it should be maybe the building, but you're going to want some action. Maybe have the Guardians of the Galaxy fight what side of the Avengers you're going to have because they don't know each other yet. And the one thing I'm looking at right now, I pulled up an article and it's from moviepilot.com. Okay. And they have, it's an article that was written at the end of December, this past December, and it said three hints that Adam Warlock could still appear in the MCU if not Avengers 
um, Infinity Wars. And here's the three they throw out. Two okay. we've already mentioned. Yes. One, the Cocoon. Yes. Two, the Soul Stone. Yes. And then three, they mention the Fault. The Fault. Which is, um, it says here, this is an interesting little theory that is taken from an Easter egg found in Thor the Dark World. In the scene where Dr. Eric Selvig um, in the mental hospital where he's using Stan Lee's shoe <laughs> to illustrate um, the alignment, there's a lot of writing on the blackboard behind him that points to Marvel Comics lore, which could have big implications for the um, the fucking MCU. So basically talking about, because on the back blackboard you see like 616 Universe, you see the crossroads, it's... Basically, from that, and even says there the fault on there. So okay. that's taking it from an Easter egg from Thor: The Dark World. To me, that's kind of a. It says the fault. For those of you who don't know, the fault was born was born when Black Bolt, King of the Inhumans, detonated the hu- a huge bomb as part of a plan to stop an ongoing war, tearing a hole in the universe. The fault started to grow threatening to swallow up all space and time until Adam Warlock showed up. He was able to stop the fault from expanding, but in the process lost his life. So that could be something where we also see like, maybe he's caught in the fault right now. Maybe. And boom, he gets out of it somehow. And we see him again. And boom, the cocoon. Yeah. Bringing it back full circle. It's possible. I mean, it could be why he's in the cocoon in the first place. Because the Collector is going to be in Infinity Wars. Yes. So, I mean, it's one of those things where that one's a stretch. I wouldn't be surprised if they just gave it to Hemdall or Hela. Yeah. Made it very easy. We know where the set, like, because they usually, that's usually been it. We bring in the gem. We set it up for the next movie. There's been very rare times where they've sent us into a movie with, that big of a question of where's the fucking sixth stone? Exactly. No, I, I don't think Marvel's going to do that. I mean, it'd be kind of cool, but I don't think they're going to do that just because of what they've been doing with everything else. Mm-hmm. You know where the stone is eventually. You find out where it's at. It's not that hard to find out. So I do think, in my opinion, it's going to be Thor Ragnarok. Um, so you think it's good? Do you think it's going to be Hela or Heimdall? I think it's going to initially be Heimdall and Hela's going to want it, which is why in. Thor or Thor's dream. Loki's going to help her take it. I don't know, because there's a lot of things that point to the different directions in it, because we're going to have things in Thor mm-hmm. Ragnarok where Hela is going to want the stone. Who knows why? Loki's probably done something bad as when he was pretending to be Odin, mm-hmm. because in Thor's dream in Avengers Age of Ultron, we see everyone's dead. Which is part of, and we see a but big. But could that also be because of the Hulk? The Hulk is going to be in this. And see, it's basically going to be a twist of Thor Ragnarok, but with Planet Hulk. See, that's what I'm thinking. There is actually a cartoon called Thor versus Hulk that mm-hmm. I think they're going to kind of loosely base it off of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should talk about that on a later podcast yeah, to get more John, into it. Johnny told me ahead of time. He's like, I don't want to get too far into it because he Johnny's got a theory. I got a theory uh, about is, Thor Ragnarok. This is a spoiler. Johnny's got a theory. We're going to save that theory because he wants to talk about that as we get closer to Thor Ragnarok. But one last time, you go in Heimdall, you go in with Hela. Just Heimdall or Hela. 
Uh, do I have to choose? Because I'm going to say Heimdall into Hela. Ha- okay, so you're saying both. I'm going to say that it's Heimdall, and I don't think I'm going to. I wouldn't be surprised if we get the what you said. The Hela takes it, but I think that it's going to be Heimdall. He's the one that has it. Yeah, it's going to be right there in his little chess piece. But this is where. We turn it on to them. We turn it on to you, the fans. And this is where you guys tell us, what do you think about the theory? What are your theories in it? This is where we kind of get, this is the fun topic where we get to have the comment section be the discussion section. And basically let us know what you think, what's going to happen with the soul gem. Where are we going to find it? Even if you think it's not going to be in Thor Ragnarok, but we're done. We finished our first podcast of the Rick and Johnny podcast here on MVP. We will be coming at you each and every week to talk about the best nerd news, the best nerd topics, comic books, TV shows, basically everything under the sun in the nerd culture we'll be hitting you with. If you're on YouTube, thank you for watching all of our videos. This is the first one you've come on to. Make sure to subscribe and check out all of our other videos. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, thank you for listening to the full podcast and make sure to hit that follow button on Blog Talk Radio so you get to know where all of our full-length podcasts get posted. But last thing I got to do, the Twitter. For mine, it's Ricky Widmer. For most of our podcasts, it's MVP. Johnny, what's your Twitter? At War Machine 9085. 9085. 90. 9085. He had to remember that because this is the first time he's uh, said his Twitter handle yeah, this, for the masses to I've know. I've never needed to tell anyone my Twitter handle. Yeah, now you now you have a Twitter that you can use. Also, hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this Rick and Johnny podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.